Hey everyone, welcome to Lighting the Way, a podcast from Furniture Lighting and Decor. My name is Amy McIntosh, I'm Managing Editor of Furniture Lighting and Decor, and this is episode 24 of the podcast. Um, In this episode, I spoke with Matt Rowan, who is Vice President, Residential Lighting for Dominion Lighting. Um, Dominion Lighting was our two to five million dollar winner for the showroom of the year awards and also won the outstanding merchandising award so i just wanted to talk to matt about how he re-merchandised the dominion lighting showroom and some of his strategies behind that um just a reminder if you have any questions comments suggestions for future episodes you can email us at lightingtheway at sgcmail.com and with that here is my interview with matt I'm here with Matt Rowan, Vice President, Residential Lighting for Dominion Electric. Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. Um, So Dominion Electric was our two to five million dollar showroom of the year award winner and also the winner in the outstanding merchandising category. So congratulations on that. Thank you. so we wanted to talk, because you won the Outstanding Merchandising Award, we wanted to talk a little bit about Dominion Electric's um, merchandising strategy. Um, so before we get into that, can you just tell me and our audience about your professional background and how you kind of ended up at Dominion Electric? Yeah, and I think it's probably a good thing that we cover this first because it will make some of the other stuff that I say later um, make sense. So um, I'm professionally trained as an industrial designer. Um, and it's a branch of industrial design called environmental design. So while regular industrial design goes about kind of designing objects, um, smaller scale things in general, you know, all the way up to scale of furniture, environmental design uh, talks about the entire built environment. So that's everything within it, um, everything on the outside. Um, and the thing that I um, that kind of caused me to pursue that degree was because I've always been interested in design through what I've done. Um, but I think I was most interested in the way in people, uh, in which people interact with and feel within an environment. So all the stuff that kind of contributes to a sense of, um, you know, a feeling, a mood that you're trying to create, um, and down to the tiniest little detail because all those things make a difference. Um, so kind of with that professional training, it's a little bit of a hard one to kind of break into the design industry. You kind of have to fit yourself as a, um, uh, multi-shaped peg into a square hole. Um, and so I went into um, interior design um, with a um, uh, kind of a boutique uh, firm in Beverly Hills um, that was actually focused more on healthcare. Um, so one of the first things I designed was a hospital, in particular the pediatrics ward, um, which again is a very user-focused environment. And so while we were starting to kind of do it the same way that most design, you know, interior design things go, um, my focus got a little bit more on how we can make kids feel, particularly when they're most, they're, when they're the most vulnerable. Um, so kind of a great offshoot of that. And then I kind of got a little bit more into doing some of the graphics within the space, doing custom fixtures, um, kind of exposing the other talents that I had to the group, um, which they loved. Um, and then, uh, we moved back here to the East coast to kind of follow my wife's passion, um, of, uh, she's a teacher, uh, choir director and all our families on the East coast. So then I kind of went to interior firms here, kind of went through those phases of doing kind of like more traditional interior design and, you know, through, through every um, place that I went, they always started to discover the other stuff that I knew how to do, um, the more high touch sort of high experience components, um, which culminated in uh, designing a, um, an entire showroom 
um, for Inkscape at uh, Neocon, which is the, um, the contract interiors uh, convention that they have every year in Chicago. It's a huge big, uh, it's a huge deal, I think, for um, everyone who's involved, but also everyone who goes out because you see the latest and greatest stuff. The nice thing with that is that it kind of fit my sweet spot. Um, I was able to design everything within the space from the, the bags, the graphics, um, the space itself, but even the music, the custom cocktails. I got to do the flowers, all the stuff that I kind of like love to do. Um, and that was really my first taste of kind of showroom space. When Gensler, um, the large uh, interior and architecture firm, uh, kind of had gone through, they saw it, they got to meet me, they, and they offered me a job within their um, within their firm, within a specialized studio. It was a brand design studio, uh, which ended up being right up my alley. And so it was a terrific opportunity with them. Um, I did have a brief detour in which I was going to um, Capital One. Um, they were actually my client while I was at Gensler. They hired me to help them roll out their uh, their banking cafes. Um, again, a very kind of high touch, high experience sort of space. So it was right up my alley. And then Gensler grabbed me back and I was actually running the studio that I was a part of before. And that's where we come to Dominion Electric. Um, so Dominion had approached us um, asking the question, how do we completely reinvent this business? Um, it's still a family owned business, but is now run by the, uh, the CEO, the son-in-law of um, one of the owners. Um, and he was coming to it saying, you know, hey, this residential business has a lot of potential, but the direction we're going right now is not a way in which they'll survive. So we really have to rethink what we're doing. So he came to our studio to completely kind of like tear everything apart, rebuild it back up, um, which is kind of our specialty. Um, and then at the end of our um, uh, final design presentation, he approached me and asked me if I wanted to run the business. Well, I'll back up a little bit. He actually asked me very obliquely, um, hey, you know, I'm looking for someone to run this, this business with this new uh, sort of idea. Do you know anyone? I'm very dense. Um, I didn't know he was actually asking me. <laughs> And so I started, you know, throwing names out there and he stopped and he's like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. How about you? Um, <laughs> and at the time I actually, I actually declined. Like I loved my team at Gensler. I loved what I, what we were able to do with the studio, um, the direction that we took it. But I realized that even looking back um, in history, the showroom, the retail environment, I always kept returning to that as my sweet spot because it's a completely immersive environment. Um, and one of the down downsides to being a designer is you pour your heart and soul into this project um, over a course of months, sometimes years. And at the end of it, you kind of have to hand your baby over to someone else and say, you know, like, take good care of it. But you don't get to interact with it later on. And this was an opportunity for me to not only design the space to make course corrections as we went through, um, but also to continue to evolve it as I'm watching how people are interacting with the space watching what is selling, um, what people are taking photographs of, you know, those Instagrammable moments that we want, um, and how the business climate also is changing, which obviously was a big thing during COVID. So I got to live in and continue to you know, raise my design baby um, through Dominion, which for me is a dream job. Um, so I'm thrilled to be a part of it. And obviously, it's, it's so amazing to get the recognition uh, on a national level from furniture, lighting, and decor for um, the showroom and the merchandising. So mm -hmm. long story, um, but that, that is, that is the answer to my question. No, that's great. It's, I mean, it's great to see kind of how this lighting retail environment is kind of like an intersection of all of your specialties at once. And like you said, it is nice that you're able to kind of see, see it grow and see people interact with it and kind of like evolve with it. Um, 
So yeah. can you tell me about Dominion Electric, um, just kind of, you know, the basics, where you're located, what sort of products, services you offer, um, things like that? Yeah. So Dominion Electric Supply was started with um, with one truck and one employee um, here in Arlington, Virginia, um, as a place that sold electrical supplies to uh, electricians, contractors, and homeowners. Um, it has since over about 80 years, a little bit more than that, um, grown to 10 locations, um, three of which have lighting showrooms. Um, so on the whole, the bulk of Dominion Electric Supplies business is selling electrical supplies to either large-scale uh, sort of contract projects or at group counters to electricians. We're kind of that tried and true go-to um, for that. We're well-known within the area. We're also well-known on the lighting side, but the lighting is a smaller portion of the business, um, but also one, you know, for those of us in retail, um, we know that the gross profit levels of it are much higher than some of the smaller, you know, bits and pieces, uh, fuses, things like that, that we sell. So there's a lot of potential there. Um, and I think even more so, there was a lot of potential for change and growth considering the way the market was going. So when I took over, um, I had rebranded things um, to create a greater differentiation between Dominion Electric Supply Company and, you know, which doesn't sound like a high-end high lighting. But, um, so now we are rebranded to Dominion Lighting. Um, so the, our name even expresses what, what it is that we do. Um, and now we have completely renovated, you know, that, that award-winning space um, here in Arlington at one of our locations. We're about to do it at our next location in Chantilly. Um, and then our third location in Laurel, we're actually going to change over to a outlet um, format, understanding that we need to have a, more of an end-to-end -end ecosystem um, through which our customers can really locate all of their projects. So they don't have to get some of the other stuff that isn't going to be the super expensive chandelier, but more of the lights for the pantry or the garage. Um, you know, uh, they can get all those here with us. They don't have to go to like a Home Depot or a Lowe's, uh, which again, you know, the more that we can keep them kind of within our environment and interacting with us, the better it is for our brand, but the more likely it is that they'll also recommend it to other people and they'll come back. So, um, so there you go. Okay, great. Um, so when you were first brought in to Dominion, um, what was kind of the state of, of the merchandising when you were hired and what were your goals in redesigning? The showroom. So uh, this is the this is the part where I'll, I'll probably get a little bit blunt um, mm -hmm. as uh, as a designer um, and maybe also as kind of like a consumer. I would most definitely be our target market. Um, the term I use is appalling, um, <laughs> and I think I, and again I'm coming at this from a very different perspective than most of our retail customers are, but we're all aware of you know, kind of the old school showrooms and um, the low ceilings and all the, just a sea of fixtures on top of each other that are all hung slightly too small. So you already feel claustrophobic and cluttered in the space. You can't necessarily see anything. It wasn't a rhyme or reason to the way that things were hung. Instead, it was more much more opportunistic. The space opened up, you just grab the next fixture and you put it up in the space. Um, I think the other big thing, and again, this is from a design perspective, but, you know, kind of one of those user experience psychological perspective is all of our designers were scattered throughout the showroom behind these huge desks. Um, and the customers would sit across from it and you do kind of your product search, you do your interaction that way. It was a very sort of, from a physical standpoint, kind of an adversarial setup in which it, um, it felt like people were on other sides of the table, literally and figuratively. Um, you weren't doing a lot of what I would say collaboration. It just seemed much more transactional. 
Um, and I think just even on top of that, the overall you know state of the space it was kind of sad. Um, the the paint and the the carpet hadn't been updated in a while. Um, so I think the thing that it was really lacking was this sense of inspiration and aspiration. There wasn't really a lot to the space that people looked at and said, I want my house to look and feel like this. So the big takeaway that we had from the space when we kind of, you know, cleared things out was we wanted to make it a space that had a sense of wow. Um, beyond that, that sense of wow wanted to be something that people looked at and they said, I want this feeling in my home. Uh, we wanted to have a sense of focus. Um, so that people were able to look at the individual fixtures and see them in their entirety as opposed to just the snippet that they're able to see through a chandelier. Um, it's really helpful to be able to focus on a fixture as you're making a selection. Um, and we wanted to change the interaction that we were, um, that we were fostering with the design of the space to one that really was more of collaboration. Um, if we're in the market of selling things, we're not going to win against the internet. They can get stuff faster. You can search amongst a million different things. What they can't do is sell an experience and the expertise that we have. And in order to get to that point where you have that relationship with people, you have to start it by actually putting them in a position of collaborating. So what happens is all of our um, salespeople are now untethered throughout the stronger space. Every single one of them is on a laptop. They're the type that you can flip over and turn into a tablet um, if you need it. So everything is wireless. Um, the desks are actually designed where it's not possible to sit across from them. You have to sit side by side. You have to share the same screen. You have to be looking at the same thing together. So there's a manner in which we, we design the space to actually force this um, side by side collaborative interaction, which then kind of changes the manner in which we interact with people. We become more of their trusted go-tos and their trusted advisors. And, you know, I think I use the term and not to be cutesy, but um, kind of their Sherpa um, on the lighting mountain um, because lighting can be daunting. There are a million options that are out there and it's impossible to sit through and figure out um, which one you want, which one would work, which one would work together. So it's nice to have that expert there to guide you through it. And so it's critical that the space design started us off on we're working with you, not for you or against you. Mm -hmm. No, that's awesome. Um, so what would you say is unique about Dom Dominion's merchandise? Oh, let me start over. <laughs> what would you say is unique about Dominion's merchandising strategy? Um, maybe compared to other showrooms, um, what what kind of makes the, the merchandising of Dominion stand out um, over others? You know, so one thing that I talked about a little bit earlier on was this idea of focus. Um, I think that's very much one of the things that we've done throughout the space. Um, so while we do sell off of the showroom floor, like most other retailers, um, we maintain a sense of cohesiveness in design um, in which we have vignettes that are all set up. I'm actually looking at one right now where all of the finishes are, are black. And we have a little bit of crystal that's in, in there. And then the vignette that's next to it, all of our finishes are very high-end, kind of shiny, but it's all gold. Um, and then we have another section within, you know, what I would call the gallery area of our space where that vignette is all modern. So while all of the fixtures kind of play well together, they're not all the, exactly the same style, but we've clustered them. And we've given you a, a sense of visual rest between the spaces. And even when we do cluster them, 
the, because of the, the height that we were able to achieve by opening up our ceiling and having everything exposed, we're able to double and triple stack them. So what that means is from a sheer number standpoint, we're able to have the same and actually in our case, even more fixtures out on the floor, but it seems like less because there's a break between them because again, we're double and triple stacking. And so rather than everything being stuck at one layer and blocking each other, some are high, some are medium, some are low. So you're able to appreciate the fixture for what it is. We've also separated things out into things that give the fixtures context. So we have a section that is very much kind of like a high-end um, uh, living room vignette with a sectional. We have some of the occasional furniture that we do sell. Um, along with that, we have a long dining room table. It's about 19 feet long um, that anchors our dining room vignette. Um, we have a separate section, which is our kitchen vignette. The kitchen vignette is not only used for the, the usual stuff that we would expect, you know, we have multiple pendants that are hanging down some counters and cabinets, um, but it's also used to demonstrate um, under cabinet lighting and some of the new technologies that we have there, um, as well as up lighting on top of the cabinets, um, toe kick lighting down below. All of, it, all of this stuff kind of adds up to, we're trying to show things in ways where you're seeing them the manner in which they're used. And I think, you know, for designers, visualization is easy. It's not as easy um, for some of our retail customers, not because they can't do it, just because they don't have as much experience with it. So showing some of this stuff in context allows them to visualize it either within their space or in, in most cases, when I talk about aspirational, it's how they want their space to be. Um, it's a big part of the idea in retail as showing, not saying. Um, and so we are showing a lot of these things throughout the space, clustering them together. We have a critical component of that giving your eye a rest between things. And the one other thing that actually is pretty unique is um, our light lab, um, which all of the rest of the space is kind of dedicated to the idea of the, the shape of the fixture, the object that you're selling and allowing you to appreciate that. The light lab is all about light. It's not about the fixtures, it's about the effect of light, it's about the way that you can feel. So we've programmed it um, with Moist Command, so some sparkling technologies, which we, we sell and we describe. Um, and so the first Moist Command is um, basic lighting. We're leading the witness a little bit with the names of this, so I will acknowledge that. But basic lighting um, is you know six inch pans, kind of a grid array within the space. We have BR30 uh, light bulbs in there that are kind of glare bombs, they're right in your eyes and they flood the light with space. And you know, we're able to describe that. This is probably what you have in your spec home, um, which is reflective of you know, the state of where either the designer or the contractor or the electrician were within their particular, um, uh, that stage of building where either you know, you're kind of out of money and you wanna go for the cheapest fixtures, you don't wanna mess around with new stuff. Um, you don't have time to really design something within the space, so you're just throwing enough lights in there so that people don't fall over. The space is illuminated, but it doesn't look good. Next voice demand that we say is uh, good lighting. Again, we're leaving the witness here, but we switch things all over. The color temperature goes down, so it's a little bit warmer and more inviting. We have the same light levels within the space, but the light is directed at places where we want the eye to be led. So we have a pool of light that's on the, um, the, work of the conference table that's in there, the pools of light on the graphics on the wall. We're using light through sculptures that we have um, back behind us. People can viscerally feel the change to how that light affects them within the space. You know, we know that light is something that impacts things as, uh, as, as important as mental well-being, you know, seasonal affective disorders all based on light. 
but people are able to feel it in the space. Again, we're kind of, we're showing it to them. We're not just talking about it. The, the, the cool thing about that is that once we are able to demonstrate this, it's just a series of like, you know, you know, quick little things within like five minutes, our customers leave the space as lighting snobs. They have a higher level of expectation for what good lighting is. They know what makes good lighting. More importantly, they know how good lighting makes them feel and they know they want that for their house. So they're like, hey, you got my house. Do whatever you need to do. I want this in my space. Um, and so I think, you know, all of those things kind of combine to this general idea of lighting is an experience. Um, we want people to feel that in the space. We want them to look to us and say, like, what you've done is great. You're my experts now. I want to turn to you. And most of all, they want their house to feel the way that we've created in the showroom. I think most importantly, because we know that they have options right now. We want this to be a space they feel they want to go as a place, as opposed to a place they have to go. And that was the only way that we worked before um, in retail. We survived because there were no options. You, you had to go to these places and just put up with the environment. You don't have to right now. So that's why we had to create a space like this that really was based on experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, that's definitely something you can't replicate shopping online. So it's it's great that you offer something like that. Um, so finally, what advice would you give to other showrooms, other lighting showrooms who are maybe looking to refresh their merchandising strategy? Like, where do they start? What do they what what advice would you offer um, other showrooms in a that might be in a similar position to Dominion when you first joined? So I think, you know, rather than give out like individual pointers of like, you know, paint this, do that. I think the best thing is to create kind of like this rule that you keep in your head that then informs your decisions that you make later on down the road. Um, for me, and this is a big part of my training, um, is a sense of empathy. Um, really being able to put yourself into the feet of your customer walking through you know, what we call touch points within the space, which is every time the customer interacts with your store, your brand, um, and understanding what they're looking and seeing at each one of those touch points. Those touch points are your opportunities to change something to make it better and change it through the eyes of the customer to solve the problems that they're coming in with. So the other thing too that we want to keep in mind is the touch first touch point your customer has is not with your physical environment. It's with how they see stuff pull up on Google, it's how they see stuff on the web, it's how they find you, how they locate you, how your signage looks on the outside. So you don't have to take on this project as some huge thing in which you're spending a ton of money, you're ripping everything out, you're starting fresh. You can go about it incrementally by focusing on these touch points and focusing on the way your customers might feel the way that they interact with it now and the way they, you want them to feel um, when they interact with it later and just do those little small interventions along the way. And at the end of the day, you know, when you've kind of gone through all of them, you will end up with something that is kind of much more interesting, but even more so something that speaks more to what the customers need, as opposed to you as a retailer saying, I've got this stuff, you know, just buy it. You got to buy them on my own terms. So, um, so I think that's a big part of it. Um, you know, take a very, take a hard and close look at your, um, your web presence, that sort of stuff. The other big thing, you know, and this, I said it a couple times as I was describing the way that we merchandise, edit. Um, I think, both from a design standpoint as well as an experience standpoint, 
You want people to be able to focus. The more clutter, the more stuff you have on your website, the more flashing things or ads that are going around, the more overwhelmed people will feel. And if you're kind of in that empathetic mindset of understanding that your customers are already coming to you overwhelmed, your goal is to simplify things, to bring it through that lens of expertise where there are only a couple things that you want them to focus on. So edit, edit, edit through the showroom, um, edit things through your brand, just take away, take away until you really have that sense of focus. And, you know, a lot of that stuff doesn't require hard construction or hiring a consultant. You know, if you're programming your website yourself, take out some of the superfluous information and, and, um, and clutter. And it'll make things look higher end, but even more so, it'll it'll bring more true with your customers and what they're really looking for, which is help and simplicity and making things clearer for them, not um, more confusing. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I really appreciate your input. You know, I think you have such a unique background that really lends itself well to the retail environment, and it, it definitely shows in... Dominion Electrics or Dominion Lighting's uh, merchandising, for sure. I mean, I think the the merchandising award was well-deserved. So congratulations on that. No, thank and you. Um, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love, I love talking more about this stuff. I'm, it's my baby, and I'm kind of passionate about it.